Super Talk Mississippi media production. Pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and the dancing Kelly Santer here in the First Bank Studios of Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson, he's in the First Bank Studio over in Laurel. Wherever you are, we're glad you're with us. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of our show and Southern Miss Athletics, and a great place uh, to take your family for dinner, lunch, seven days a week. They'll cater your next event as well. If you got something special upcoming, make sure you include Dickies. It's Tuesday. We always talk to our good friend Lee Roberts, color analyst for the Golden Eagle Radio Network, former quarterback uh, for Southern Miss. And, Lee, another tough weekend. I'm going to start out by asking you this, and, you know, football is a team sport, but it really doesn't matter how good a quarterback you are doesn't matter how good a running back you are. Don't things begin and end on the line of scrimmage, and you really have to have pass protection, and you have to have run blocking from your offensive line to be successful. You know, you do. I mean, you, you said it, and and that's what Will Hall talks about. You know, when he puts together a team, he builds it around his his quarterback and then his offensive line, and you know, you do have to have a quarterback, and we're on our third start of the year which is you know unfortunate but not to take anything away from what jake lang is doing he's he's playing as just about as good as he can play under the circumstances when when we're not running the ball effectively and and obviously uh, as many sacks as as we've had you know and, and every sack although it looks like it is on the line i mean yeah we're not playing great up there for sure but we have especially last week the week before last rather you know a couple of those were you know Running back missed a blocking assignment, gives up the sack. Quarterback holds the ball, doesn't go through his his appropriate reads. I mean, there's a lot of that does go through this. So just I do want everyone to know. I mean, it's not all on the offensive line, but yeah, the majority of the problem is there, man. We've been hurt there as well. We've shuffled guys around. Uh, I, I really felt like the the line that played at Alabama played probably their their best game, and and since then we've we've kind of fallen backwards as well. But, um, you know, those, those are issues that are obviously being looked at and worked on. And I just think that the more experience that this team has, the, the, the better they will be. But, but yeah, we definitely want to have better play up front. One thing that really frustrates me as a fan is I watch the defensive kids play. I think they're playing well enough to win. And, and I think the defense is – I think the defense is just playing with a lot of courage, a lot of energy, and uh, and they're doing their part. No, they are, and, and special teams, too. I mean, we're making some plays in special teams. We're, we're pinning guys down inside the five-yard line. Uh, defensively, we're, we're making plays. Um, but, yeah, it just it, it, it is a, a team game, and you've got to play well in all, all three phases. And when the offense, you know, has a lot of three and outs, I mean, looking at, you know, Saturday's numbers, you know, on third down, we were four of, of 13, you know, so they're not – 
they're not they're getting off the field quick on third downs and you know the defense is having to get back out there so it puts a lot of pressure on their defense and so but we are I mean all in all playing really really good defensively uh, you know I think if you take away the Alabama game as far as points given up and yards given up I mean we're we're still remember looked at one of the top defenses in the country so super proud of what Ulster Armstrong has done on that side Lee you remember a couple of years ago when Shannon Dawson was the offensive coordinator he was the punchline of every joke you know knock knock who's there Shannon Dawson um, people <laughs> making fun of the you know the wide receiver screens and the bubble screens and things like that. And his answer to everything was, is we have to design an offense that will protect our quarterback, number one. Uh, and if you, if you don't have an offensive line that can block, we have to put in a lot of things that the quarterback can do with a two- or three-step drop. With the inefficiency of the offensive line at this point, and look, we're getting into the meat of the season now. You can't exper- experiment too much more. Would you, would you see a change of the way the offense looks to do a lot more two- and three-step drops, the quick hitters, and because if, if all you're going to be able to do is pass the ball, that seems to be the logical way to go. But, again, I've never coached a game of football. Your thoughts? No, I mean, I, I agree. And, again, you got to kind of look at you know, what's happened to us offensively. I mean, we, we had an offense that was geared towards Trey Lowe and Ty Keys. I mean, all offseason, spring, early part of the fall, I mean, that was – what it was. I mean, those two guys, you know, could move around the pocket that would create things that a Jake Lang can't create. Uh, so he, he's become more of a pocket passer. And so I think, I think the offense is having to evolve around that. And, and whether it's adding in those bubble screens, I agree, you do have to get the ball out of your hands extremely fast. But, but two, Jake has to know, you know, where the pressure is. The running backs have to know, hey, who would I pick up on the linebacker blitz? So, you know, everyone, and maybe it's a communication between Jake and the running back that, that may needs to be fixed as well. But, again, I'm not putting any blame on a young quarterback. I think he's, he's playing extremely well uh, under the circumstances. I just think as, uh, as 11 guys move forward, I think 11 guys have to do their job. And all it takes is for one guy on that offense to not do their job, and, uh, you know, you're going to have a negative play. And that's what we've seen a lot of. Yeah, one more question before we throw it to Luke. I mean, if, if the defense of, of other teams knows that you're having trouble running the ball, describe how that might make their job easier in defending your offense overall. If I'm not, well, I mean, if I'm I, not overstating the obvious. but No, I mean, as teams see us on film, they see that we're a team that you know, has not run the ball effectively. You know, not saying that Frank Gore hasn't been involved in our offense. I think for two weeks now in a row, he's gone over 100 yards for all purpose right. because we are trying to get the ball out of our hands to the running back in space. But yeah, not being able to, to run the ball up the middle, I think we're averaging just a little over, uh, or Saturday, a little over two yards per carry. Um, you know, and then not being able to score on the ground. too. I, I even said Saturday during the game, I was kind of hoping that on that goal line run that we would have given it to Frank and he had an opportunity to get in the end zone. Here's a young guy that has just worked his tail off for two years and, you know, really nothing to show for it except one touchdown. I'd love for his confidence, you know, to see him get into that end zone. And obviously, again, the obvious is we've got to open up holes and create opportunities there. Luke? Lee, a couple questions for me. First, uh, one, one thing that stood out, penalties. Golden Eagles keep shooting themselves in the foot. It's kind of been a theme all year long. You're halfway through. And there really hasn't been much change in the penalties you're committing every game. 
Yeah, thirteen penalties on Saturday, and I mean you can't you can't win games like that. Uh, you one thing you want to do is eliminate the penalties, the mental errors, and win the turnover battle. I mean, regardless of how you play, if those two categories are in your favor, more more likely than not, you're going to be in the game to the end. And and we know going forward that you know most of the games we play are going to be a, a one score or a two-score game. So if we can be in it in the fourth quarter, we have a, have a chance to do something. But, but you're right, I agree. You, you do have to eliminate the penalties. And, and I'm sure that's something you know, that, that Will Hall is talking to these guys about. I mean, we, I think Saturday there was a time where we had two offsides penalty or false starts back-to-back. So you go from a first-and-ten scenario to a second-and-twenty, or first-and-twenty, just like that. I mean, that just really changes the way you, you, know, you call your plays and really puts pressure on your young quarterback. Last one from me. If you're Will Hall right now, he said in the in the uh, post game press conference the other night, um, same song, different verse. How how does he have to lead going forward um, to a admit the obvious and and b still try to you know salvage a season with a few more wins and not you know go over the rest of the way. You know, I mean, he he is in a scenario where he's never really been before i mean he's been places where they've been very very successful but where he has been is playing a freshman quarterback every you know time he's had the opportunity to put a freshman in because of different scenarios that freshman has excelled they've gone on to be you know uh, freshman of the year or conference player of the year or, or something so he knows there is potential um and and i know will hall i mean he's a leader he's enthused he's got all the intangibles that you need as a head coach and the guys are following suit it's just things just aren't getting there on game day on saturday again a missed assignment will ruin a drive i think saturday an interception stalled a drive um the fumble return for a touchdown was a uh, a huge thing against southern miss and then obviously getting stopped inside the goal line so i mean there's three different scenarios there where um you know if that doesn't happen or if we score on one of those you know, we're right there in that game and possibly have a chance to win. So, you know, that's what you got to do is take away the little things, um, you know, figure out uh, what we are doing well, continue to do it, and then fix the little things that are uh, hurting drives. All right, Lee, you got a few more minutes you can stay with us? Yeah, absolutely. All right, Lee Roberts is with us, color analyst for the Radio Network, Golden Eagle Radio Network. Of course, a conference-winning quarterback for the Golden Eagles. We're going to continue our conversation with Lee on the other side of the break. You're tuned into the Eagle Hour, and we are glad you are. Stay with us. I want to thank Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net for their support of the Eagle Hour. We're grateful to them for that, and uh, we hope that the next time you have Southern Miss Apparel on your shopping list, Kelly Santa Christmas is like 90 days away, 
2XL would be ideal for me. Uh, you can go to Campus Bookmart and campusbookmart.net. And, Lee, don't forget to send Kelly your, your sizes, too. He's very, very generous at Christmas, believe it or not. Hey, I, I will. Kelly, I appreciate that, man. I wear large yeah. in most Adidas stuff. So. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Have you, got all that, <laughs> have you gotten all that written down, Sander? Yeah, well, and I'm, I'm, I am very generous at Christmas. Nobody gets more X, X's in front of their L's than I do uh, <laughs> at Campus Bookmart. <laughs> So, Lee, Kelly made a point to me off air, and, and I'd like to get your take on this. Uh, obviously, the season now, w- we know that a bowl game is unlikely, and, and we know that you know the, the team is unlike, unlikely to play in the conference championship game. Would it be time to, to tell these kids to relax, have fun the rest of the year, just enjoy the fact that you're a college football player, and, and take maybe more of a relaxed approach uh, and maybe – maybe take some pressure off of these kids? You know, and, and, and if I know, and I haven't asked this or said this to, to Coach Will Hall, but I'm, I'm sure at some point he's already kind of said that to the team because, I mean, it, it is all about having fun. I mean, obviously you, the wins and losses is what, you know, matters at the end of the day because, you know, that's where the, that's where the coaches get paid to win games. But – if you're not playing the game, if you're not having fun playing the game, then there's no need to play it. But let's let's be straight. It it is a business, and and you do have to go to work regardless if you're having fun or not. I mean, that's what you're there to do is to uh, get an edu- education and, and play football football uh, in, in that order. But um, you're right when when you're not having fun, and, and that may be why we're seeing some of these guys step away. Arvin Fletcher just stepped away last week, and you know just things like that. Um, it, it is a grind. It's a tough grind. And when things aren't going your way, I mean, obviously adversity, you've got to be able to overcome. And it's a it's a life lesson for these guys. And that's why I love sports so much. I love teamwork because it does teach you life lessons. And people that are involved in it, I think they uh, take away a lot from it. But obviously at the end of the day, winning is uh, much more fun. So, yeah, but when the... Uh, I, but when the expectations are, are such, and there were a lot of people, right, Lou, or wrong, that, that expected more of this team. I've been in golf tournaments before where I, was play, where I thought I, I had been playing pretty well and was in a golf tournament and expected myself to perform better than I did. But after the first four or five holes, I wasn't hitting it very well. And I finally just said, you know what, whatever. I'm not going to win this thing, so let's just, you know. It was amazing how when you took that attitude, it seems to translate into better production. You know yeah. No, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, you, you've got to kind of have that attitude and, um, and, and whether the, the slogan attitude is everything kind of talks about that. I'm, I'm not really sure, but you, know, you got to have the right attitude. You've got to, um, just, I mean, it is about having fun. So, I mean, I hope these guys are, um, but, but again, they know they got to show up every day and, and get work done, but I'm um, trying to, trying to see yourself get better from week one to week two. You know, now we're midway through the season. You want to see game, Seven be better than game six. Um, but, yeah, when you do just kind of relax, you kind of take a step back, realize, hey, we're just going to go out and have some fun. I mean, I think, I think you might play some better. And I, I think that's kind of what happened last year, too, that things these kids went through with multiple coaching changes. But at the end of the year, I felt like they were having fun and, and playing pretty well. And, uh, right. again, this team, they just need to, they need to get another win. They need to feel like, they need to know what it feels like to get a win and to try to get things going on the right track. And uh, and once they do, I think things are going to be okay. Back when you played, uh, the 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 tradition was such that 
that you went into every game with total confidence, and you correct me anywhere that I'm wrong here, uh, you were able to go into every game with the expectation to win because that's what had been done in the past, that's what the history was, and that's what your team had experienced. In all honesty, a lot of these kids, they haven't had the benefit of enjoying that experience. No, outside of high school, I mean, they haven't. I mean, again, look at what some of these kids did in high school, and now, you know, they, they haven't won many games. And we got multiple guys on our team that were on undefeated seasons in high school, and, you know, how quickly you do forget how how to win and what it feels like to win. And, and how important um, is that, Lee, as a player? Oh, I mean, it's totally important. I mean, you know, winning and um, playing well is, is all contagious at whatever sport you're doing, and, um, you know, when you when you can't find that win. And, and I'm telling you, all it's going to take is to go out Saturday and, you know, shock everybody and play well and maybe steal a win against UAB. And then um, you get an off week, uh, and then it just you just start to kind of build some momentum and build some confidence. It's, it's all around being confident when you walked out on that field, kind of to your point a while ago. Right. Luke, got anything else for Lee while we got him? Yeah, one more question, Lee, for me. How much of what we're seeing right now is in the psyche of what took place last year? Um, you got more wins last year, you know, and, and uh, hopefully Eagles can pull off some and at least match that or maybe get to four, who knows. But how much of what we're seeing right now is because of the psyche from what they had to uh, go through last year? I mean, it, it may be. I don't, I don't think that's, you know, why we're doing what we're doing or not playing like we're playing I mean, because it's a, it's a whole new staff. It's a whole new system on both sides of the football. So, I mean, I don't think that's in the back of their mind. I mean, as athletes, you're, you're taught to when the game's over, win or lose, enjoy it, and then the next day forget about it because the next, the next week is coming, the next opponent's coming. So uh, I, I hope that's not in the back of those guys' minds. I hope they've, they've kind of moved on from that and, and really forgot about the first half of the season. You know, it's hard to believe that half the season is over. So now you almost have the mindset, hey, let's just win the second half. And uh, and you can. You can go out there and win four or five games and, and really salvage the season. But it's not going to happen if they don't go and correct some things and play like they need to on Saturdays. Well, I'm of the mindset, guys, that uh, you got to give this coaching staff far more time than they've had now. I, I think you have to give them two or three years to evaluate uh, – their program. Am I wrong there? Last question to you, Lee. No, no, you're exactly right. I mean, and UTEP is a prime example. I mean, they've got more wins this year than maybe in the past three years combined. And this is year four for Dana Dimble. Dana Dimble. And yeah, I mean, you can't evaluate Coach Will Hall and his staff off of six games or even one year. I mean, it does take time. I mean, he's got to get his guys in here. Um, his, it wasn't a full recruiting class. I mean, really, recruiting is going to be taking place signing day in December and and uh, if you talk to him he'll tell you that we have a lot of great guys coming in and uh, he's going to expect uh, even more and and you can see right now I mean there are young guys playing and they're going to continue to be young guys playing until you know we build the team like we need so really you can't get a true look at you know coach Hall until year two or year three I mean it's you know Fedora didn't win right off Munkin didn't win right off and um you know, and you can't expect Will Hall to either. And really, if there is a silver lining to this, and follow me on this, you guys, the silver lining is is that it it almost cannot get any worse than it is. So your litmus test from here on out is any improvement. All right, let, let's just let's just give the Eagles the benefit of the doubt. Say they beat North Texas and FIU, because I think 
odds are those would be the only teams that would be pretty close as far as point spreads go. So you give them three wins, all right? Well, then next year, you know, you maybe see five wins. And then the next year, you know what I'm saying? Right. It, it can't get any worse. This is as low, this is as bad right. as it gets. Right. So let's, let's look at those incremental improvements and not over-expect, and right. then in three or four years revisit and, and the And let's situation. give the coaching staff an, an opportunity, the time they need to develop the program that they promised us when they came here. And I don't want to second-guess Will Hall because that's, that's, you know, I've never, like I said, I've never coached a game before. But perhaps, perhaps he and his staff did think that there was a little more talent there than there was, you know, until they actually – unwrapped the candy bar you can't see exactly what you've got right the old box of chocolates like forrest gump says and when they finally got there they're going "Mm, maybe maybe we weren't truly as good as we thought we were lee roberts we appreciate your input every week and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you next week about uab and let's see how that one turns out yeah absolutely man and i appreciate you guys staying positive and that's that's exactly what it's what it's going to take i mean um you know supporting this coaching staff and this team because they are, Kelly, and uh, they, they are going to get better. So appreciate yeah. you guys. All right, Lee. Thank you. Lee Roberts, everybody. And, and, and he knows I, a little about winning. And have you noticed that? I, I have noticed that the fan base, who has been notoriously fickle over the years, I have seen the fan base be patient. You know, uh, uh, patient. They, they understand the people who really matter, the ones who are going to pay the bills, the ones who are going to be out there tailgating no matter what, who are going to be at the games. I think a large majority of those people are on board and totally get it. Kelly, I bet you know this. I learned a long time ago in coaching kids that when you have really good players, you're a better coach than when you don't have the really good players. And you got to give them time to find those players. Or at least for him to take responsibility, saying, okay, I, I invited those guys in. So right. I, I made, you know, I didn't evaluate perhaps as well as I should have. Right, but let's give him time. Of course, of course. All right, what's going to happen with the conference? When are we going to start seeing some movement in uh, conference play? Luke Johnson, I think, might know, Bob. Luke has been studying up on that, got his computer. I guarantee he's not in front of me, but I guarantee that computer's not six inches away from his hands, and uh, he'll have the latest right after this. To the top. Third segment brought to you by 4th Street. They're located on 4th Street. Hattiesburg, or uh, Hattiesburg. It wasn't Hattiesburg. It was a hamburger steak today for eight ninety five. Chef Luke over there cooking it up every single day. I knew I had an affinity and, and uh, drawn to the lunch at 4th at, uh, Street. But anyway, trivia coming up next week. 4th Street is the place to go. I think uh, they're showing Major League playoffs right now. I think Houston's playing. Yeah, the Braves. The Braves may be headed to the world. Well, the, I mean, one step at a time. But uh, put in that closer. Yeah. Talk to uh, talk to Trey Sutton about that. He 
It, Trey's either tweeting about the new field at West Jones or he's tweeting about how terrible Atlanta's closure is. That's usually when you follow Trey Sutton. Anyway, 4th Street, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour, Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, little um, little little bow tie, I should say. We'll talk about um, football here and, and a little more with some quotes from Coach Hall and Coach Armstrong. But uh, Will Hall announced today, guys, we, uh, we have added a free agent signing uh, to the football team. Former Pearl High School quarterback Jake Smithhart, Will Hall said today, has been, quote, claimed off waivers. And what he meant was uh, he has been cleared through the compliance and he is now the third-string quarterback for uh, Southern Miss. He was actually a student coach. And you go back to 2017, completed 70% of his passes, threw for close to 2,800 yards, 29 touchdown so uh, jake smithhart the uh, newest member of the football team he will serve as the third string quarterback behind jake lang and uh, and t webb so yeah just uh, it's one of those situations just the perfect storm at the loss of a, of a quarterback with a uh, at, at the quarterback position with a with a slim line and uh, an offensive system that that needs both all right Let's talk some uh, conference uh, realignment. Kelly, just kind of recap real quick in our to our audience what you reported yesterday because it plays into what I'm going to share about you know a supposed meeting yesterday. Uh, what CBS Sports yeah reported CBS Sports reported yesterday that a Zoom call was conducted uh, to all the presidents of Conference USA institutions talking about a possible super conference realigned that would that would take members of the Sunbelt Conference USA and the AAC and put them into more regional categories like we, we used as an example yesterday, the Texas, Louisiana and Arkansas schools would all be included in, in one of those one of those, uh, you know, the way that it would be put together. But the AAC, a spokesman said they're not at all interested in anything like that. And the Sunbelt Conference Commissioner himself said they are not in favor of any type of uh, conglomerate or merging of any conferences. He says they like where they are. So really, though the conference presidents, the institution presidents are supposed to meet face-to-face, have the presentation face-to-face next Monday, you have to wonder if it's really even necessary if the other two conferences involved have already said they're not interested. Yeah, so. this is this is a conference USA deal, and it's it's intended, uh, I th- I think, and then from what I've been hearing, to keep Southern Miss in place from the conference USA perspective. You know, the Sun Belt, we we have heard from different uh, sources and different varieties, even on social media. There's really two schools that keep being mentioned in a transition from conference USA to the Sun Belt. That would be Southern Miss and then uh, Marshall. So, you know, on the Sun Belt side, if you look at their their uh, geographic geographical map mississippi's the the one place they don't have a team that's why southern miss makes so much sense with that they they want to uh, increase that footprint and the reason you haven't been here in teams like louisiana tech and uab you know into the Sun Belt is because both of those states already have two teams anyway so it seems as if this this what kelly's talking about yesterday is was is conference usa's effort to try to keep southern miss to to in place but it's over today because the other two conferences, like you said, you know, want to want to go with what they've got. So, the, the way that the way that I'm reading it, and the way that that I feel other people are reading it is, the AAC because of television money will get first pick. Now we have not seen anything 
from the AAC that would tell us that Southern Miss would be in their, you know, top, you know, couple schools to pick. Part of that's media market. Uh, that's not the the AAC would not be interested first and foremost in a media market like Hattiesburg. So Southern Miss may be a second or third choice level of teams. Whereas on the other hand, the Sun Belt looks like they they want us. So all that stuff yesterday was Conference USA trying to get Southern Miss to hold in place. And uh, like you said, Kelly, it doesn't look like that. And I, I'd still, re- regardless of that, it, there's just a part of me that wants to go to the Sun Belt and doesn't want to go to the AAC. Yes, is there more money in the AAC? But for how long, once they lose these media markets you know, with TV deals, the Sun Belt would create a better regional rivalry, easier access to traveling to teams. Um, and you would hope you know, play people like Lafayette, uh, Coastal Carolina, who's in the top 20 uh, for the second week in a row, and Appalachian State, that they wouldn't get sucked up or taken away uh, you know, by the AAC trying to get some stuff in there. App State doesn't fit the media market. Lafayette possibly does. But again, I think, Bob, to your point, Sunbelt, best option for the Southern Miss. You know, we've talked about that for three years on this show. Uh, regionally, it makes sense. Rivalries uh, just seem to naturally be there. Uh, you and I, Kelly, have talked a lot about what a tremendous baseball conference it's become. And you plug a Southern Miss into baseball program into that conference, and it really becomes a big-time college baseball conference. And what it what – it, Southern Miss – let's just continue that subject of baseball – Southern Miss brings something to the table. They sure do. In they baseball. Sure, they sure do. So if you, you know, forget football right now, and, and basketball has seen its struggles, and we're looking for things to be better this year. But the first question is, is well, why would anybody want us? Baseball. In a region, in a part of the country where college baseball is very important, too. And as Jeremy McLean said, the rich history of football. And what they're expecting, you know, in the future. Now, as far as the AAC goes, UAB has been talked about quite a bit. I can see that. But but the problem, here's the problem with the AAC is, and and you can use a a country club comparison. It's one thing for people wanting to belong to a country club, but there are different prices for different country clubs. All right. And as far as the AAC goes, that is a really expensive country club, not only to get into, but your annual fees that go along to continue right. to be – it's not just a one-and-done thing where you write them a big check and then you're in. you got to keep writing those big checks. Right. And here's what I took from our conversation, guys, with Jeremy McLean a couple of weeks ago when he said to us, it's important to, to visualize where the conference is going to be in future years. And right now, the Sun Belt looks a lot more solid and secure to me, Luke Johnson – than does the AAC. And it's because the AAC is trying to figure out how are they going to replace these media markets? How are they going? And, and that's the reason why that they have, you know, the much better TV deals where each school, I think it's, they get six, seven, maybe even eight million dollars a year. And that's very tempting. But what's it going to look like if the AAC goes after more media markets and they replace, you know, Cincinnati with FAU? You know, or, or I mean, UAB's a, a better football product. I get that, but when you replace, you know, Houston with uh, with with UAB, there, there's going to be a trickle down effect where you don't get as much money because, you know, the, the strength of the program plus uh, you, you may replace, you know, a million dollar, you may lose a you know four million dollar media market or ten million people media market. I'm talking about people, not dollars, with a, you know, one or two million eyes. And 
It's just, yeah, it looks good right now, but I don't think the picking is going to be that good. So put your hedges on who has shown the best leadership in the group of five over the last five years, and it's been Sunbelt by far. And if there, if that assumption, and it's certainly reasonable, that there's less conference money, less uh, TV money that's going to be spent on the AAC, well, the money is still there. If they're giving less to the AAC, what other conference might they have to give more to? The Sun Belt. So you mm-hmm. could essentially they could essentially flip, you know, money deals, you know, if that's the case. That's all hypothetical, but it, it certainly you, makes sense. You just don't want the strong programs in the Sun Belt to move up to the AAC while you're moving to the Sun Belt. But I don't I I feel like the Sun Belt is response they're gonna be like the Mountain West. They're gonna convince their teams to stay put. They're gonna talk about the and that's really what the Mountain West did. They they told Colorado State and, and Air Force and these other schools, the AAC is too volatile right now. They just lost 25% of their league. Stay home. You know what we've got. We'll make it worth your while. I feel like the leadership of the Sun Belt will do that. The last thing the Golden Eagles need is a bunch of turnover that they're going into in a conference, and I don't think the Sun Belt's going to end up like that, and that's why uh, I think it's the best, best destination for us. And if the AAC were to go belly up, again, it's all it's fun – you know, doing all this speculation. But if the AAC goes belly up, there's a school right down in New Orleans who also has had a pretty good baseball team over the years and a football destination that Southern Miss people love to go to. Love to see them come back. (laughs) The Tulane Green Wave. Yeah, yeah. Of course, I don't make any bones about it. I'm a big baseball fan. I I get excited at the thought of playing in the Sun Belt in baseball. With Coastal Carolina having them at the peak, Louisiana Lafayette, we know the love that exists between those programs. South Al. South Alabama, you know, year in, year out. I, I just think it would be a great move. Yeah, but, put on your seatbelt. But as of right now, no one's called me and asked me for my opinion, Kelly. So uh, if they do, I'll be, you'll be the first. I'll let them know. We'll be right back. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment on this Tuesday, brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. Great instruction, great training facilities, it's all there. On Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, absolutely uh, excellent batting cages. Even the computers on a few of those show you uh, where you hit the ball, how far you hit the ball, and then, of course, 70 yards of indoor Turf on the D1 training side. Website, DBAT Hattiesburg, DBAT D1, proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. Lady Eagles hitting the golf ball well at the Lady Red Wolves Classic, sponsored by Arkansas State up at the Sage Meadows Golf Club in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Through round three, Southern Miss tied for third, or I'm sorry, alone in third place behind Eastern Kentucky. And, uh, hey, guys, you'll never believe who's who's right in front of us in a golf tournament, South Alabama. There you go. <laughs> there they are. Lady Jags right ahead. But uh, Lady Eagles uh, ahead right now of Monroe, Arkansas State, Troy, Memphis, Austin P. 
Uh, Eastern Kentucky in the lead, South Alabama second. But Lady Eagles right now uh, with two golfers inside the top 15. So uh, a good job up there in uh, Jonesboro as the Lady Eagles right now in third place as a team in the Lady Red Wolves um, Classic. Recapping Conference USA games over the past weekend. Friday, Charlotte defeated FIU 45 to 33, Marshall defeated Old Dominion 20 to 13, UAB beat FAU 31-14, Liberty defeated Middle Tennessee 41-13, Missouri edged out North Texas 48-35, UTSA beat Western Kentucky in a shootout 52-46, and of course the Golden Eagles fell to Utah or yeah fell to UTEP 26 to 13. All right, when you look at Conference USA. Football standings, and uh, we know where the Eagles are, so um, not not mentioning that. But in the East, Charlotte four and two overall, two and zero oh in the league. FAU one and one, Marshall one and one, Middle Tennessee one and two, and Western Kentucky, Old Dominion, and FIU rounded out. In the West, UTSA two and zero, oh, six and zero oh overall. UTEP two and zero, oh, five and one. UAB two and zero, oh, and four and two. Guys, did we ever think that uh, UTEP would be tied for the lead in the West through six games? No. No way. But if I would have seen UTEP's schedule, and again, they beat the Eagles you know, this past weekend, right? But I'm telling you, there's, there's nothing on that schedule to really brag about. I mean, yeah, they're feeling good about themselves, but they're going to start, start playing some really top-notch teams here coming the rest of the way, and I, they'll, they'll fall from that position. But, I mean, good from them that they're enjoying it now. The biggest disappointment to me has been Marshall. You know, I, they're not very good. They, they, apparently not. And I, I thought they were really going to be, mm. you know, the cream of the so crop. What you do what? when you fire Holiday yeah. after he's like the coach of the year? Doesn't that bring back memories? <laughs> yes. Hmm, <laughs> things that make you go. Hmm. Yeah, doesn't that bring back a few memories of when you fire a long-standing successful coach to quote get to the next level? It's like Bill Santer always said to me: "Be careful what you ask for." Right. Yeah, no, no All right, we didn't get to mention this yesterday because Bob Getty did an excellent job avoiding it by filling up the last minute and a half of the show. So, reminder, New Orleans defeated a certain football team from Washington, 33-22. Not beating up on Bob. He told me off air that he's accustomed to the teams that he pulled for losing. But the sure. Saints did win. We'll unpack that tomorrow uh, with Patrick McGee a little more. But Jameis Winston, uh, four touchdowns. Uh, Kamara with 71 yards rushing, 51 also receiving. Um, Bob, it was you know it was fairly close until the fourth quarter. Saints kind of pulled away. But what do you think about your uh, your football team, two and three on the year so far? Well, I you know they gave up just a, a a bomb touchdown the last play of the first half, which was absurd. Just a hail mary, you know, one in a thousand chance pass to the end zone. They don't go cover that. Uh, a couple of questionable coaching calls, I thought, going for it one time on. Fourth and ten, when you could have kicked a forty-two yard field goal, but you know, overall, they're just not very good. And uh, the quarterback, uh, the kid out of uh, Old Dominion, seems to be very average. His was kind of a flash last year against the Bucks in the playoffs. Uh, it's just the same old sorry, you know what, Redskins. Well, they're not the Redskins anymore. No, though. and oh, and yeah. and to uh, to put what Kelly said off air, and this is why. I, um, sometimes Uh-oh. what we say coming right back on. I've been informed by a listener actually that that they agree with you that the Redskins uh, should be changed now. The football team should be called Burnt Toast. So Kelly, that listen are out there hearing you. That, well, uh, see, this is what happens. The commercial. Yeah, this is what happens when I become a fan. I got it. Yeah, I, being the Redskins, that says it all. 
I got really interested this year and enthusiastic about watching the Raiders because I was always a big John Gruden fan. And, and look, look what's happened now. And so I asked Kelly before the show if I could get on the Bengals bandwagon, and he said, no, no, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everything lately, Bob, you've been touching two turns, so you know what. Right, so stay away from the Bengals. Hey, right? Jamie Collins, Southern Miss, re-signs with the New England Patriots. Yes. There you go. So yes. There you go. Back there with his and, old boss. Uh, Speaking about NFL, congratulations to our good friend Logan Cook, the punter for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, of course, he came right down the road, Highway 98 from outside Columbia. He and his wife, Mary Minger Cook, had their first boy yesterday, first child, baby boy, Cooper Jack. Everybody's healthy. Congratulations, Logan good. Cook, from all of us on the Eagle Hour. Hey, Kelly, I do want to remind you, and I did send you a link on your Facebook page. They are extending the contract for your favorite player, the GOAT, Tom Brady. And I, I want to know, Luke, did, did Logan Cook get an invitation from uh, Urban Meyer to celebrate? <laughs> Hush. Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.